0: Are you ready to start the second phase of your career journey? Do you feel like you are drowning in and overwhelmed with information about becoming an entrepreneur? Do you wish someone could just give you the step-by-step playbook and hold your hand through the whole process and save you time, money, and energy? Are you frustrated with your lack of progress and wish there was an easier way to grow an audience or scale your business? Maybe you already have a business, but you're stuck not growing and not getting the clients you dreamed of. In my one to one six month coaching program, we will work together to identify your niche and ideal audience, discover clarity and confidence, differentiate you from all others in your area of expertise, all while working on mindset. You'll walk away after six months with a strong foundation for brand and business success. You'll have access to my templates, learn email marketing, Pinterest marketing, how to blog, we'll review your website copy, and you'll even get an intro to SEO and so much more. Don't have a website? through my boutique brand agency my team and I build brands and launch businesses you can think of it as a brand in a box we do it all for you and with you no need to get multiple estimates and work with people all over the place it's one-stop shopping after six months you'll be able to launch or relaunch your business with confidence and be on the fast track for success no more overwhelm, frustration be gone When you hire me as your business coach, you don't have to build a business alone. You don't have to fail your way forward. No longer do you have to overinvest and settle for minimal results. Let me help and guide you step by step, piece by piece to create a long-term foundation for success and a thriving, profitable business. And let's have fun while we build it. To apply and connect to see if we're a good fit for each other, visit my website, therobingraham.com forward slash brand and business coach. I look forward to learning more about your goals and dreams and helping you make them a reality. Hello, friends. Welcome to the second phase podcast. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a certified brand strategist and business coach. You might be wondering why the second phase, the second phase may be a change in careers and learning how to navigate the world of entrepreneurship a significant lifestyle change going from stay-at-home parent to starting a business, a traumatic loss, a move, or an illness. It could be any number of things. No matter the definition, you are here to discover your second phase. Learn about creating a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact to grow as your authentic selves and follow your callings, values, visions, and passions, and to learn how to build a solid foundation for long-term brand and business success. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. You ready to learn? Grab your coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome to the Second Phase Podcast. Do you have goals of building a successful business? Of course you do. We all do. And today's guest was just like us, And like so many, she tried to use someone else's blueprint and it didn't work. So she got to work using her own ideas and voila, here she is today running a successful business and helping people just like you and me create membership sites and communities. She's worked with companies like Pepsi, Nickelodeon, the New York Times, and even Danielle Laporte. Are you ready to dive into brand identity, creating membership sites, And so much more because I am. Jennifer, welcome to the Second Phase podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Well, I'm very honored that you're here. And I'm excited and looking forward to our conversation to talk about not only your journey from where you started, but to where you are today, but also, you know, encouraging the listeners to think about and learn about building membership communities.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so a little bit of my background, I am a graphic designer. I born and raised in Venezuela, South America, I came to the United States 13 years ago for a graduate program at Parsons. I got exposed to so many things that today we just do as processes, like user experience design, design thinking, and all that. But it was interesting to put all those processes that we, as curious people and creative people solving problems, we do almost like by natural way, but just putting processes in place so it makes sense for products. The interesting thing is that when I graduated, it was in May 2009. And as we remember, end of 2008 was a very hard time in this country. We just went through the crisis and it was a really eye-opening moment because Not only when you finish a degree in the country, you do have a year to sort of like figure out what you're going to do. You find a job, you get sponsored, are you going to stay, are you going to leave? So the government gives you this one year period to put your businesses, you know, in place. Knowing that we're going through that crisis, a lot of people have lost their jobs, like corporations were just, you know, kind of reducing their employees. It was a reality check into, hey, it's going to be really hard to get a corporate job as a designer because as an international student at the moment, you do need to be sponsored by a company. Companies were going through all these economical hardships. So, of course, they were just prioritizing into American citizens because you don't have to actually sponsor them. So for me, it was just, okay, how about one year to figure this out? Let's see what I can do. At the moment, I was working with a new media artist into a project it's basically teaching designers how to use tools through the history of design and art, which is amazing. Because one of the things that we noticed is that some people focus too much in the tools, you know, how to use Photoshop, how to use the Illustrator, whatever you use. But there was not a lot of how we got here, how the design industry got here, how it was influenced by art and design and who came after us. At that point, I was slowly freelancing. And my first clients were actually people who got laid off and they were trying to figure out what to do next. So, you know, either they would just join a spouse or a family member or a friend to build a business, or they were just trying to figure out what's next. Either they do consultancy, whatever they needed to do. So my first clients were also trying to figure out how to build a business, trying to figure out how to make a future, trying to figure out how to make a living out of their own skills. That was happening at the same time that this project was going along we got reached out by an open source community in Europe. And they said, hey, this project is beautiful. Can we make it about open source tools? So students in Europe that they don't use the typical Adobe tools, they can go through the same process, learn, but they can use a free open source tool. So that was happening. And Michael, the person who I was supporting at the moment, he said, how about you take that project and go for it? So we got a weekend, with all these people from Europe came in. We did a translation of this book into open source, and it was such a beautiful project and community. It was my first time even grasping this whole open source or um, access to knowledge work, but for me, it was like really touching because you know, coming from South America, we don't have the same access to tools that anyone in the US would have, for instance. So for me, it was like very personal, and I just really believe that yes, we should open a little bit of the access to knowledge and tools to people who are really interested and they might not have the means to go and spend a couple thousand dollars in tools, right? So we did that project. At the same time, I'm working with all my freelance clients trying to figure out what to do during that year. That project actually was invited to be presented in the first open forum in Barcelona that same year. And they were like, just go. And I'm like, I have never talked to this community. I have such an imposter syndrome. I'm like, they're going to know that I've been just involved in this for months when there's people who've been doing this their entire lives. Anyway, went there, did it, and started like meeting more people into these communities, especially cultural organizations in Europe and in Latin America that they were really interested in projects like this. So that year for me was just exploring. Just I was saying yes to a lot of things. I was traveling and doing workshops with local communities. I was still working on freelance and all that. And then with a conversation with a friend, I learned that because of the exposure that I had and, you know, there was press reading about it. I, w- I had all these relationships with these organizations. I was able to qualify for an O one one visa, which is an alien with extraordinary abilities, which is the most interesting name ever. And I always remember coming back to the country and immigration being like, so what's your superpower? Because it's just like such a funny name. The great thing about this is that once I was able to apply for that type of visa, I didn't need the sponsorship of a company for me to stay. Because legally, I could just stay in the country and I had the flexibility to work with any client. Which, when you have a work visa in the U.S., you are limited to work only for that company, so that was really beneficial for me to do that and as I was doing all that paperwork and all that immigration sort of like status and and collecting information and all that, I decided to organize my business, incorporate, open my bank account, like really keep things separate, and just even though that it was the only one I was a sole proprietorship just. Try to think of this as a real business and treat it as is. At that time, of course, you say yes to anything that comes your way, all in design. Mm-hmm. And you know, follow trends and do this, do the freebie, do the list, do everything that everyone's telling you about. And the interesting thing is that I realized that by doing that, I was attracting clients that I was not the right fit for them or projects that I was not the right fit for. It. And it was just draining. You know, it was that idea of you see your email, you're like, oh, gosh, I don't want to work on this. Or it's just that guilt of I don't want to say no to anything that come my way because I'm grateful that I'm having people wanting to work with me. But at the same time, by not allowing myself to create that space or be very, be very focused into who I want to work with and what type of projects and organizations I want to be involved in. I was just draining myself. So. I decided one day just let me finish all these projects, take a step back and figure out what I want to do. At that moment, I started having conversations with amazing creative entrepreneurs in New York City. I started like interviewing them. And I had this idea of, you know, for me, my clients, we spend so much time with them, almost more than your family, that I want people that really inspire me. Their businesses inspire me. And I can just easily have dinner with them. You know, like they could easily become part of your life. They could be your friends. You could actually spend time with them.
0: I love that. You know, we talk a lot on the show about your IO client avatar and you know, that's something that we've never really incorporated, but I love that you just said that because for me at the end of the day, when I have developed a relationship with my clients, that's how it feels. You know, you get on that coaching call and it's, well, how are you today? And you you're free to say, oh, gosh, my son just had an accident or whatever the case may be. And let yourself, let your guard down and be authentic. And I think that's so important. So I love how you phrased that. It's just a new characteristic to attach to our ideal client avatars.
1: It is because even if you have a full-time job, think about it. How many hours do you spend with your coworkers? It's the same thing for your business, right? And how many times a project might be the project of your dreams But maybe that ideal client, that the personality, the values, anything that it has to do with any relationship, our friendships, our romantic relationships, it's based on that. Is Do we have the same values? Do we respect each other, other boundaries? I feel the same for professional relationships, you know, Mm -hmm. and I feel that I can help you even better. If we're actually almost like in sync, we're almost in the same headspace in the we want to do the same things. We want to impact people in the same way. And that for me is the only way that I can actually give myself completely to any project and just try to do the best for your business for your membership side, for your website, because I can see that. And it's almost like working for a friend. You want them to succeed and you want to do the best that you can. But also in those moments where you cannot be fully available or life happens, these people, because of the relationship you built with them, they're going to understand it and they're just going to be so kind and they're going to be willing to understand, help you, and just have hard conversations. You know, 2020, because of COVID, I remember going into calls with clients And we will spend maybe 45 minutes talking about what was happening and not so much about the project, but we do need to create those spaces and we do need to understand and like also present ourselves as humans behind these companies, right? And people who have bad days, good days, they have, they worry about things, you know, people who might try to figure out how to pay about their business because now we have to live in a new reality. And I think we can have those very honest conversations by really building these relationships with the people that you love to work with.
0: Oh, I agree so much. So let's talk a little bit about, so you kind of mentioned, and I mentioned this in the intro too, how you had looked at other people's blueprints and it didn't work for you. And so then you decided to basically do what you just described was really look at who your ideal clients were and how you could work directly with them versus doing all of these things that other people are doing. And I think it's really important to note that, as individuals, we have to do the processes and the things and build the relationships that are right for us and aligned with our values. Because if we try to just replicate and do what other people are doing, we're going to fall. And whether we fall flat or not, who knows? But the reality is, if we're not doing it the way that is right for us, we're not going to succeed. So let's transition a little bit to the membership component. So you were a graphic designer, you were creating brand identities. And for the listeners who don't know, when we talk about brand identity, we're talking about your logo, your color palette, your mood board, your topography, all those things that help your business become recognizable and memorable outside of you as the personal brand. So Do you want to talk a little bit about that and then tell us how you transitioned over into the membership communities? Because I think all of this conversation about relationships and our ideal client avatar just rolls right into the building of communities, the building of membership communities. definitely.
1: So yes, with my background in brand identity, print, web, I was lucky to get going to a school that was giving us exposure to any medium. So when I graduated back in undergrad, I started working on websites and all this like multimedia type of thing. So that was my jam. I'm like, okay, I love doing websites, I love working with people, I do love doing branding. Then, you know, this whole membership thing started. And I'm friends with Natalie Lucier, who she has a plugin for membership sites. And I just joined from the beginning and be like, what is this about? And just started like playing around with it and started getting my first clients on it. And I realized how the entire user experience design knowledge that I have and experience was so beneficial for building membership sites because we all know it's more than just putting a couple of videos behind a password. You need more than that. Like people need to build a habit. They want to come back. They want to feel that they're succeeding. They want to see that, that statement in the credit card every month and say, yes, this is something that is really beneficial for me, so I won't cancel. And the one thing of like going to processes on someone else's blueprints and stuff like that, is that for me, it just felt very limiting. Or I could just make any excuse not to do the one thing that I know that I needed to do for my business, because it didn't feel natural. So from using a tool that I wasn't very comfortable with, to a template on an email that didn't sound like me, or a sales type of process that I'm like, I don't do that. Like, that's not the way I would naturally talk to people about the things that I do and how I can help them. So I did try, you know, here's a blueprint. I'm implementing in your business. It's successful. And it was really frustrating because, well, not only the success overnight doesn't happen, but because it didn't feel natural. And I was seeing how I was just putting anything before doing that thing so I didn't have to deal with it. I was just like there's something wrong here. Like I don't feel that I can naturally sit in the computer, do this thing, feel good about it, and continue. So after doing all that, one thing that I did was just write down what you do, write down the processes, write down how many conversations do you have, how those calls happen, what are the things that people are asking you about. And I started just creating my own processes and just you know testing a lot of things. Some things didn't work out well, some things had potential. And just really go deeper into what it's working and how I can make it better. And that happened from processes into the services that I offer. The idea right now that I'm focusing in membership websites also happened, you know, last year was very clear. It was a hard year. People were trying to figure out what to do. Not only we were like running businesses, but also we're dealing with a global pandemic and it's it's a lot of stress. The news, mm. family overseas, like this whole thing was just so hard on all of us mentally that I needed to have control over one thing at least. You know, like I don't have control over quarantine cases or anything like that. But if I could just wake up and know what I'm going to do, be very good at it and just deliver the best product that I can, I want to do that. And For me, it was just, okay, I can pause these other projects and I can just build my processes, my system, and almost productize what I do and how I deliver membership sites in a way that I know it's going to be great. I know I have control. I can build those deeper relationships with my clients. And at the end of the day, I can just turn off the computer, try to relax and just spend time with my partner and just go with life as it goes. It was a combination of, Feeling a little bit burnt out a couple of years ago when I was just not working in the right projects. I want to say I was not the right fit for those projects, but also how do I just clean out all the things that I offer? As you work in your business, we start adding things and adding things and adding things. You know, it's like that drawer that you have in your house that you always put things in and you close it. And then one day you open it and you want to clean it and you're like, oh gosh, I have so many things that I haven't even touched or things that I don't need anymore or this product that I bought that I actually don't like. I always use that reference of open that door, take everything out, and just really think of if you could do one thing, one service, one product very well, and you know that if your business could run successfully. For me, that was just like, I want to do that. I want to focus. Mm-hmm. I want to do one thing, do it very well, work in my processes, work in how I deliver this thing and see how I can make it better.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's so important to clean out. I've actually been doing that too because there's so many things that I bought because I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to use that tool and I'll be so organized and it's going to help my business. And then I get it and I'm like, Well, this is going to take me 10 times longer than to just continue using the process I'm using that's not broken. You know, like I get that shiny object syndrome. We all do. (laughs) So, yeah. So, I'm doing that this year too. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't need to pay $150 for that tool, or I don't need to pay $497 for that tool, whatever the case may be. And just wiping that slate clean and focusing only on the processes that I need within my business. So, when we talk about building a membership community, so obviously, You focus on that developmental side. But at what point, like if someone is looking at their business right now and they're thinking, this is what I do really, really well. I am so tired, though, of doing sales calls. And I'm so tired of doing one-on-one coaching calls because then I have less freedom with my schedule or too many people are depending on me or whatever the case may be. And they think, what is a way I could do my business, help the way I'm best at helping, use my genius in a different way that's easier, more productive in less amounts of time. So I'm thinking a membership would be something that would fall under that umbrella that may be a smart thing to do. So at what point do you recommend people start looking at a membership as an opportunity
1: So there's several things you need to consider. I see building a membership site the same way as streamlining your processes. You know, you need to be very clear. Who is this thing for? What is the transformation you want them to experience? What are you teaching them? Imagine almost in a timeline where they're starting at and where you want them to be in a year. And I always emphasize on this because... One of the things that many people call my way and they, hey, my members are lost. They're just canceling. They log in and they don't know what to do exactly. It's because of that. Like we, as the expert behind that website, you know what are the things your people need to do in order to get things done and feel that they have progress. So I always start with what is your process today? What are the things that you're teaching your people? If you're a service-based business, I always ask, okay, walk me through your process with a client. From the first engagement, all the different ones, even from the delivery. And once we start like looking into that, creating the avatar, which is the ideal member and all that, you can create a framework, something that looks like a process, something that looks like the same thing that you do with your clients today, but imagine instead of one-on-one, it's one-to-many. How you allow them to go through the same steps, give them the tools that you need, either it's that video, that audio, that PDF, that workbook, anything that you already have. In your drive and in your computer, but how do you translate this into something that they can do it at their own pace? They feel that they have enough time to do it. I always talk about that. Like, if your ideal client, and you will know this once you do the work, if you know they only have one hour a week to do something, then your actual lessons have to do that. If you really want them to feel that they're succeeding, they're getting things done and they have limited time, well, that's part of knowing who you're working with, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe they don't sit in the computer, for your lessons maybe they just lay back in their mobile device or the tablet and they have that time for themselves but they they can feel that they can work on something so once you get to know your ideal audience very well you have your processes in place even if you haven't done like a whole systematization process but like really write down what are the steps you take people through you can see that there is a process there is a framework there and what i recommend is you know. Put it out there, maybe reach out to some clients, past clients, people who are interested in working with you, and just ask them, hey, I'm putting this together. It's going to be a group type of program, not one-on-one. Would you be interested in this? I think it's just always great to just ask them and be, hey, if I run a beta, would you sign up for it? And there are many ways for you to test these ideas. I have clients who actually, they deliver their course's live to a group of people who raise their hands and they say, I will be interested in this to test the idea. Once they see that it's successful, that people are getting things done and they're getting what they wanted from that program, you can just go and be, okay, I'll do like a studio recording, I'll make it more produced or anything like that. But I think it's just a matter of who you work with, what are you offering? Can you put that into steps? How does that look like in a journey for your people? And if you don't want to go in and just do the whole investment of a website and producing and videos and all that, don't record the videos. Just have people join you once a week for maybe six weeks, six months, whatever you think it's worth it. Do it live and see what is the feedback that you get, because that's just going to avoid so many frustrations of you producing this whole thing. And maybe when you have to tweak it or edit it, it's more work. That when you're honest about it, I say, hey, I have this idea of doing a group program. Would you join? There's going to be live calls. We'll record them. You can watch them later, but you can do the work. And it's just more accessible, too.
0: So you mentioned times. What What is the average? You know, you said six weeks, six months. What is the average membership length do people usually do?
1: It depends on the type of membership you want to do. Some of my clients, they come with like this idea. I just want a membership and that's it. And With some of my clients, what we do is that we do almost like a framework blueprint that people go through. It's imagine the basics you need your clients to go through. What are the things they need to be ready for you to just give them more content? So it goes back to knowing how much your client can do in a weekly basis. Sometimes we want to give them so much that we end up overwhelming them because they kind of find the time to either... Look at the materials, do the work, implement the work. And one of the things that we know is a success metric for membership sites is when people actually implement the work. Not only they go through the videos and they're like, okay, great. I'm, you know, I'm kind of passively being a member, but they actually interact with the community, they do the work and they implement it. There's no magic there. It's just really Having that connection with your audience and be like, is this enough for you? Do you feel that I'm giving you enough in a weekly, monthly basis for you to like implement? Or am I overwhelming you? And sometimes we overwhelm people because we're so excited that we just want to like give them all these things. And then when you talk to them, you might learn that they just, they're loving it. What do you have to do? And they love interacting with you. They just cannot find the time to actually implement this thing. Mm-hmm. And that's making them feel not very successful and the one thing we want to avoid is that i think always oh, less is more if you get feedback that maybe they just want to do something more advanced then you can think of what do you do and i always you know you can always compliment it maybe you have guests that they come in and they do A. Q&A. maybe you have themes per month and you can just create all about that theme and just kind of work with them so timing i think it depends on what is the thing that they actually actually coming for you to, how long will it take for them to implement it? You know, if there's like tech involved, some people might need more time. If it's just a lot of writing, some people might need more time. So it depends on what are the things that you need them to do and how this implementation looks like that you can just start fine tuning. And what I like of doing almost MVP beta programs is that because of the transparency that you're testing this thing and you're getting real feedback live, You can sort of like test it with them and just check in once in a while and be like, hey, how do you feel about this? Does it feel that it's too fast? Does it feel that you're falling behind? Or is it the right pace? Or what are the things that you will see more in it? I am a fan of just, you know, talking to your clients, members, whatever you look like it, and just getting real feedback from them because we're so into our own processes that we might think, that this is very easy because we do it every day. this is so easy, of course they're gonna do it in half an hour, and then when you talk to them, they might say, "I needed a couple of days to like you know get in the right mindset and do the work yeah, they have to process it first,
0: okay, so let me ask you this when you have people come to you to start a membership. Do they, do they typically have a cost in mind or do you guide them on that cost as well? Like what is the average cost of a membership?
1: So it will depend on how the implementation looks like. So I do help people with using platforms that are ready to use, like a Teachable, like a Kajabi, a Podia, all of those out there that basically you sign up and you, everything is there for you to put your materials, right? And start getting people to pay and register. Um, I also do custom membership sites, which is a WordPress site, and we add gamifications and things that these platforms really don't allow you to do. So to define that, um, I always jump in a phone call. What are your goals? What are you trying to do? Have you run a membership site before? How do you feel about tech? Because not going to lie, going into a custom website project is big. It's huge. And some people are really scared of that. So some of my clients that come with this idea of like, okay, I think I need a custom website, but then when we talk about it and we see at the stage that they are, we can just say, hey, no, you know what? Let's just use a platform, run it a couple of times, test it. And when you feel that this platform is actually limiting you for all the things that you want to offer, then you can consider doing a custom membership site. You already know your, you already know your members. You already know what's working and what's not working that well. Price-wise, I mean, it will vary depending on the features that you want and all of that. For me, just like when we do platforms that are ready, which means we go through the discovery work, we do the framework, we do the ideal member, we create, you know, your customer journeys, we define what are the lessons, what these things look like, like how do they learn, like how many things you need to create. That process is the same for anyone. Anyone who wants to do a custom, anyone who wants just to do a platform that is ready, I don't change my process on that. I walk them through the same thing. And then that's when we decide what is the best solution. If you want to use a platform for us, you know, the starting the starting price is $3,500. I say starting because, again, it depends on how much you need and how much customization. Right. Now, custom websites, it is a different type of investment. And the starting price for me, for my company, is $6,500. And it's just basically includes, like, mm-hmm. building a WordPress theme from scratch, connecting it to your CRM, how to do automation, setting up all those automations. And this is all technical, like, plugging up things in the back end that it's really, you know, a lot of work and also creating the custom design that is responsive for you.
0: Yeah, my mind is going to, okay, so that's set up. So now I need a zap. From Zapier, is that between this yeah. and Active Campaign, my email system? And then I'm like, and then I need to create that automation and it's like 10 steps. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> so, yeah, like when you start investing the time to do something like this, if you look at, cause I, I'm sure some listeners are thinking, oh my gosh, that's so expensive. But if you create a successful membership, your return on investment is going to be there right away. You're going to get enough memberships in and and then you just work backwards on that pricing. Like, well, if I had to invest $6,500 in this, that helps gauge your pricing, I'm sure as well for the average cost of a membership. And it may influence too the length of the membership. Maybe you need those people to sign on and have that monthly income for a year instead of six months so that that first year you can, and then you can revise your program from there. I like that. And I, I do have one more question. So like for me, I'm on a WordPress website. I love my website and I love being able to do everything I know how to do in the back end and all of that. Can you do that? Like you mentioned earlier there was a plugin and I, I want you to repeat the lady's name, your friend who did who created that plugin so that I can look that up and put it in the show Yeah.
1: Notes. So the plugin is called Access Ally and it's by Natalie Lucier. She has a company called Ambition Ally and she's been working on this for years because she runs online programs. So basically she created something for her because she couldn't find the solution for what she needed so that's how the whole thing started with her and i think yes you could you can add that part of the membership into your current website i personally like to do a different wordpress install because you know it's managing the amount of pages it's all these users it's you know yeah. the plugins If you start adding plugins on WordPress site, it's going to get heavy very quickly, right? And it's slow, right? It it
0: slows it down, weighs it down. Yeah. Which affects your SEO because the longer the time for response when people are using it, Google frowns upon that. That's something really good to think about. And
1: I know it sounds kind of weird. Like, well, I'm going to manage two websites now. But if you have one that is your business website, you know what you have. You have your blogging, your plugins, your SEO, everything you have. And then the other one is just for this membership. Even though that it sounds more work, it's actually less work. It's easier to troubleshoot them because what happens if you add all this and suddenly your website goes down and you have like 30 plugins and all these people in, How like the whole process of troubleshooting it, it just becomes so much more bigger than when you could say, okay, there's an issue with my personal site or there's an issue with my membership. First of all, let people know this happens. Even Google goes down once in a while. Let people know, hey, we we have some technical difficulties. We're we'll figuring it out. And then you know that you can troubleshoot easier than just trying to find something into all the noise between your business website and your membership website in one place. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it does get tricky <laughs> when you have a, such a huge website. hmm Okay, so the one thing that I know you've said is that you truly believe we can all influence more people while spending time with those we love the most. And you're really passionate about the fact that these membership communities can actually do that because you're touching more lives at one time and you're creating more freedom for yourself so that you can spend more time with your family and friends doing the things you love.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's this whole thing of like, you can impact more people with almost the same amount of effort, right? There is more like maybe groundwork to get there. But once you're at that stage, and you can just say, I know how much time I invest to be with my audience be present, you know, if it's a call, or if it's like hanging out with them in social media. But you know, that Putting that time that maybe you were using for one on one clients, and you can just that same time that I use for one on one clients, I can impact 30 people, 100 people, mm-hmm. way more people than that. It's something that is very scalable. And as service providers, we all know there's so many hours in the day. So think about like how many clients you can take one on one basis with the work that you do, the calls that you do, and the time just kind of like feels that you haven't even stepped out of Zoom the whole day because of that. So if you could just shift that and say, okay, I know if I keep going one-on-one, not only I'm going to spread myself thin, you might need to bring help, of course, because you're not going to be able to do it all. If you want to do something that is more of a recurring revenue type of thing for your business, you can think of, okay, I can do the same process for my one-on-one clients, and I can put the same amount of time or even less, but I can just be more present and help my audience that way. And I see it in my clients, like I see how their businesses change, either because they decided to go fully online. For instance, last year, all those clients that I have that they relied on live workshops or live events, that was shut down. Mm -hmm. So for them, it was just, okay, I cannot be present in that country, in that city, but I can at least online have this channel that they can just interact with me. So when you talk about memberships
0: versus like a group coaching program, Mm -hmm. what is the difference? Because they're very similar, Right.
1: Very similar. I mean, for me, the membership side is like the technical name of it. It's something uh-huh. that people sign up and you have recurring payments. And as they go through recurring payments, they have access to something. So this could be a coaching program. This could be a class or a course that maybe it's just six weeks on the it, and they're done. They go to someone else because your work is done. Yeah. For you, how it's called, if it's your group coaching program, online program, a membership side For me, it doesn't make any difference. It's just the same idea of you have people coming in paying monthly, yearly, quarterly, whatever your, your model is, they have access to something and we want them to be engaged and we want them to just get what they sign up for and be successful.
0: Yeah, I love that. So important. Well, Jennifer, this has been a great conversation. I've learned a lot. There's just so much detail. Can you tell the listeners where they can find you, connect with you, learn more from you, or maybe even hire you?
1: Of course. So you can go to Candelita.is, which is my company's website, and we'll link it. And in social media, it's just my full name, Jennifer De Paso. Just come say hi. Instagram, you'll see my cats and all the things that I'm passionate about. And yeah. Well, thank you for being here. And listeners, if you
0: are interested in creating a membership, I would love to hear about that membership and what your ideas are. And feel free to hit us up on Instagram, DM us and tell us what your idea is. And maybe together, Jennifer and I could help you strategize your idea. I'm just curious, like how many of you are interested in a membership and what your ideas are, because there's so many opportunities out there, especially now that we are almost all virtual, all a time. So I would love to hear from you. If you know anyone else who is thinking about doing a membership, I encourage you to share this episode with them and let them take this information and have it lead them and guide them on their journey to a membership. So thank you for listening. And I wish everyone a beautiful day. And that's a wrap friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. That would mean the world to me. If you know someone who could use the information shared today, please share the episode with them too. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as the Robin Graham. Lastly, if you'd like more information on personal branding and brand marketing strategies, be sure to join my email list and the female entrepreneur insider Facebook group. We are there every week, with tips and trainings to help you build a solid foundation for brand and business success. And don't forget on the website, you can find a plethora of free resources. Go to therobingraham.com forward slash resources and download any of the free resources that I have created to help you build a personal brand that stands out and makes an impact. Until next time, remember to smile.